Welcome to Cinema 7. You may have just played what could be our biggest episode of the entire year. As we are about to discuss The Last Jedi, Star Wars Episode 8. Today we'll be breaking down the uh, newest installment of the Star Wars saga. For this episode, I am joined by Chris Hawk. Hello. And Matt Nixon. Howdy. Matt Nixon is back. I'm back. Well, he wasn't really gone. That's true. I mean... The last episode was us talking about Return of the Jedi. I feel like this is kind of like a, a part two, so. Part de. A part de, part de, in a sense. Like I said, we'd be breaking this down. Uh, we are Cinema 7. You can follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Stitcher. And uh, wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If it's on Apple Podcasts, if it's on Stitcher or Google Play. Make sure to uh, subscribe. Welcome to the main event. So, Star Wars The Last Jedi. We're here, Chris Hawk. Finally. We're here. Um, we all have We're feelings. Here. We all have uh, some intense feelings. It feels like everyone has some feelings about this movie. It's yeah. very hard. Some very, some very um, hard feelings. Very, very some, hard some, feelings on both sides hurt. of the spectrum. Butthurt feeling. That's what it feels uh, like. Hey. Uh, high majority of critics love The Last Jedi. Uh, I would say the fan ba- base is uh, super split on this movie. And that's crazy. Because usually when you think about Star Wars, it's the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy is... Or everyone loves the original trilogy and there's a really big majority of people who dislike the prequels. And we actually have an episode coming up where we talk about the prequels. Uh, we've recorded it before we saw Last Jedi in this episode, so that's going to come out, and that's going to be uh, pretty interesting. So if you hear us mention stuff in there about theories and stuff, uh, be warned, it is before this episode that we recorded it. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, get into it. Um, the first question I'm going to ask you guys, Chris Hawk, uh, is there any we'll expectations just, say, that you I say, had? I say, we'll just go straight into this, right? No like spoilers? There's no, non, there's no non-spoilers. I say we go straight into it. Straight into it? Everyone's going to see this. Who's not going to see this movie? What do you think, Matt? Uh, get into it as far as, like, spoilers and stuff? Go yeah. straight into it. Don't even need, don't even need no gen thoughts. Just go straight into it. Everyone's going to see this movie. You don't, you don't listen to this podcast unless you've seen The Last Jedi. And everyone's going to see The Last Jedi, and then they listen to the podcast. I agree. I don't think we can talk about it unless we talk about spoilers. All right. So I was going to mention the the expectations we had and the general thoughts, but screw that. It's out the window. Where's my sheet of paper? I'm throwing it. We're going to talk about... We can still talk about expectations, though, because that's an important part of this. It, it is assumed important part of this movie. We could just say that. Okay, well, we'll keep it then. Let me let me pick up my papers and then. Um, <laughs> Did you really throw them? No, I didn't throw anything. <laughs> Cinematic. Yeah. Attack. 
Yeah, Let me throw my phone. Technology these days. <laughs> okay, that's my paper. So expectations. Um, Matt, tell us about some of the expectations that you've had for this movie. Uh, I've had big expectations for this film. I waited what a year and a half to see it with all the you know all the hype, all the podcasts I listened to. I went into it probably a little too enthusiastic. I think um, I was hyped, so I was ready for it, but I wasn't pleasantly. Uh, I wasn't. I I was. I was surprised. It's a different film than I thought it would be, and I'm a little upset about it. That's all I gotta say right now. <laughs> this is good. Chris Hawk, my butt hurts, as Chris Straight. Hawk would say. My butt hurts. Oh man, I'm sorry about your butt. Get some preparation H. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of preparation H that the store is going to sell for this movie. Uh, Chris Hawk, um, talk about some of the expectations that you had. So after watching The Force Awakens, which I did pleasantly enjoy, but it's very hard to rewatch for me, um, and I know for others in our group too. It's just a hard movie to rewatch, not in because it's bad. It's just its rewatchability factor isn't high because it doesn't really doesn't really answer anything. So why would I want to watch that movie again? It, it's everything introduced is fine and pleasant in that movie. The Force Awakens does a good job of introducing new characters. You know, Ray, Finn, Poe, Kylo. Boom, perfect. So at the end of The Force Awakens, we're given these mysteries. We're given these these um these questions, and we've waited two long years to get them answered. And my expectations for this movie, I honestly, honest to goodness, I didn't have any. I didn't watch any of the trailers. I made myself, I made sure not to read into any theories too hard. I didn't make up my own theories. I went along with them when you guys were to make up your own theories to have fun. But no, I didn't have a dead set theory. I didn't have a dead set uh, answer to a question about Snoke or Rey's parent, parentage. So my expectations weren't that high. My expectations for the movie as a whole were pretty high, and I think they were met, and I think they were answered, and I think I enjoyed it enthusiastically, as you heard me in the theater. I did hear that. He was sitting a person from me, <laughs> and I would have Joey Hill whisper in my ear about how excited Chris Hawk is. Um, yeah, I had... Um, there was a lot of speculation and expectation, I think, going into this. And I think the fan base, I think it got to me. I think all the hype and everything got to me. And as a Star Wars fan, you know, some of it is rightfully so, I feel like, because you're so amped up for another Star Wars movie. Um, fun, funny that you say uh, Force Awakens isn't as rewatchable for you. Um, it, for me, the first like twenty to thirty minutes of Force Awakens, when I rewatch it, I love it. Like it's just the like seeing Ray and Finn and and Poe and stuff for the first time, and then somewhere towards the middle, I I uh, yeah, Does I kind of dra- like it drags lose interest. a little bit. It I don't know if it castle, drags. Right? I think it just it's it's, and this movie does it too. I would say is it's it's uh. It just keeps going. It's like boom, 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 boom. You know, one thing right after another. There's no breaks really, and so I think that's where it kind of loses me when I watch it at home. Uh, you know, where the other Star Wars, you know, there's they take they take time to do stuff. They kind of slow you down to tell you about some things. I don't know, and dialogue and all that. But I, I was, I I tried to hold my expectations at a medium, and it's somewhere. Somewhere as it got closer, they just sh- like 
shot up and I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, stuff, <laughs> you know, I was so, I was so pumped and excited the, cl- the closer and closer we got. It's like nerd Christmas for me, man. Basically. Yeah. It's so close. It's I would say for me the um the watchability factor for Force Awakens is way more than I don't think I could see I don't think I could sit and watch The Last Jedi over and over again. I, I, I don't know why. Like the, How many Force times Awakens, have you seen it though? Which one? Last Jedi. I've only seen it once, but I feel uh-huh. like I don't really want to see it again. I, w- I want to watch it to see if of course I'm gonna go again. Okay, but thinking about like you know it, it being on video. Um, I know video. I'm old school, man. I'm sorry. I thought get on a VHS when it comes out. Mario, Mario was telling me you like this movie. What is going on with this podcast? Am I being swindled? This, I'm being bamboozled here. It's a handicap match now. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just what playing that going. Wrestling when when you get when the, when a bad guy turns good. I can't remember. He'll turn. <laughs> He'll turn. He'll turn, baby. <laughs> Let's start off with the uh, beginning of the movie. It kind of picks up right where The Force Awakens left off. It's showing you the Resistance evacuating their, their, the planet they were on. I don't know exactly. I don't know. At the beginning of The Force Awakens. I don't know the name of the planet that they're on. I forget, I forget, the, I forget it, too. You mean the Luke planet? <laughs> Did no, you say the Resistance Hoth? base. Did you say Hoth? <laughs> Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what that was either. That that uh, you're talking. I would thought you were talking about Octo, but you're talking about the base they were. Yeah, the resistance at. base. I, yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember. Too. It was very unforgettable for me. How, how did you guys feel about the way it opened up? I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was uh, pretty intense until it got to the uh, Poe humor, in my opinion. Uh, Chris Hawk, you, you don't like twenty uh, first century uh, Poe humor. That makes no sense. You just, you just don't like that. It was like I'm a Verizon commercial. <laughs> Do they have phones? I just don't understand the hold, please part from Poe. He could have said, you know, you're breaking up type of thing. That would have been funnier than hold. It's like I don't. They don't have phones in the Star Wars universe. I don't understand it's like how, how they make any sense or whatever. That's yeah, one just, of those moments where I'm gonna say is <clears throat> the it was an awkward humor in an awkward play. It was just so. It wasn't funny at all. It was just. Didn't he end it with a mom joke too? I, I actually like. I like the opening of the movie. I was. Very, I thought it was very. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was very good. I liked it. The whole bomber sequence, and I was pretty into that. Yeah, that was... into that. Yeah, that's that's the stuff I I liked too. Is the the bomber sequence because it it felt like a World War II type uh, scene, but yeah, it did. the whole Poe humor and. I think that kind of showed how unstoppable Poe is to me. Like Poe is just—he's not that unstoppable, guys. Poe Poe defies the odds. He got killed. Do you know how many people he got killed? A lot, a lot of people. Yeah, but did he die? No, he's unstoppable. He's the best pilot in the galaxy. You never feel like he's actually in danger, though. You don't worry. I don't think I care enough about the character to care if he dies or not. So I wasn't—I never feel any anticipation of. Is he going to make it out of this? Honestly, he's like, I, ha- Wait. I have a theory. I have a theory for episode nine. You guys are going to love it. Okay. We'll get there at the end of, of this episode. Yeah, I, lo- I love the beginning. The beginning's very nice. It, 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 sets the th- it sets the pace for the entire movie, how the resistance is continually on the run. And this is a theme that we've had through all 
eight movies so far. So it's it's not something we haven't seen. What do you think of Hux's performance, though? I <laughs> he's a lot more corny in this one than he was Force Awakens. Like in Force Awakens, I kind of felt like an you know he was more serious, but he was you know competing with Kylo for the affection of Snoke in a sense. I thought in um, Force Awakens he was a little more menacing when he gave that speech. You know, he was pretty scary, but. This one, he just seemed like, uh, who is the scientist from Lost in Space? You know the guy? You know the, you guys ever see that movie? Yeah, the, Robinson, yeah. that guy. Yeah, the, he reminded me of that guy. No, it's not. I'm just, that's the, the only name I know. Danger or Robinson? Danger! Danger! That bumbling professor or scientist that was always getting into trouble, and he was kind of weaselly. That's who he reminded me of. I, I just thought his, they, they kind of dumped him down a bit, which was weird. It felt, he felt more like a, I feel like it would be stash twirling kind of villain. It would it movie. would be it would be weird if you had two super serious protagonists and that's with Kylo Ren and Hux being almost the same character. I feel like they had to turn one of them into the comic relief. Cuz if you have two similar characters like that, it would be disadvantaged dis- disadvantageous to the to the plot itself and to the story. I just That's felt- what I think personally. Yeah. I can I can see what you're saying, Hawk. I I just personally I I just felt like it was a total 180, in a sense. It was a little too goofy for me, honestly. He's like a bumbling idiot in this one. What'd you guys think of the the First Order versus uh, the Resistance in this one? Because it's like in Force Awakens they just blew up Starkiller Base, and in this one it's like they're 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 like I guess the the First Order's only response to that is straight go right after the resistance like we just lost this giant ship let's go right straight after the resistance and it's kind of like a chase uh the whole movie uh chris would you would you think of uh the dynamic of or how should i word it the the first order versus uh the resistance in this movie or the chase of the first order chasing the resistance i think i think it just a part of me dislikes the way they destroy every new feature that comes from the First Order, and that's like the Behemoth, the Dreadnought, and I kind of dislike how fast to destroy it every single time, but then it just, it, sh- it, it goes to show you the amount of resources and the amount of power that the First Order actually has. The things that they, they keep on getting destroyed, they get replenished very easily, and it's almost like the American Juggernaut in World War II, how they were just pumping out aircraft carriers after battleships after submarines in months and this is like that's during wartime and this this can go to show you how dangerous the first order is they have infinite resources and the first the uh, resistance is basically only well right now it's 12 guys in the falcon but it was 100 people bunch of ships and bombers i mean i like it but i don't like it at the same time because they destroy everything so easily but i get it if they're trying to do, you know, about their whole resources and, yeah. and limit unlimited power. <laughs> I, I'm a little, this is one of the things I'm conflicted on because I agree with you. I, I think every, every new thing that the First Order showed us that was new, that was introduced, it like instantly got destroyed. Like we never got to see, uh, what was it, the Goliath? What was it called? The Dreadnought. The Dreadnought. Like the Dreadnought comes out and we're like, everybody's like, oh my God, it's a Dreadnought. And I'm like, what does a dreadnought do? And then, you know, it blows it, up. 
you know? Like, yeah, it blows <laughs> up. And then uh, Snoke's ship is a giant uh, stealth bomber, it looks like, or a stealth jet. That, that thing's like 10 meters long. Did you, did you hear about that? No. It's ridi- it's yeah it's re- it's ridiculously enormous. I, I don't even know how. Man, I don't know. I've read some stuff on it. It's like I don't even non- honestly know what ten meters. Is. I know I know it's big though. Because <laughs> I'm British. I'm trying I, to be British. Get that standard deviation, whatever. I kind of felt like the the um, first order felt a little small in this film. It felt like it was it was Hux and Kylo Ren. That was it. Yeah, definitely towards the end, for sure. It didn't feel like uh, like the Empire was this enormous uh, army that was taking over the entire galaxy. It just felt kind of small. And honestly, if the res- in my opinion, if the Resistance is so small, wh- why even bother with them? Just do your shit, and then if they mess if they mess with you, then you can. Because eventually, it's like any Resistance type movie. It's the more if there's hope against an oppressive regime, you're going to get more people. If you squash it, then people are going to see that no one can stand up against them. It's like, you know, it's just like any other movie. That whole chase scene, it felt like the longest... I mean, didn't he... He had a bunch of starfighters. Why didn't he just launch those into hyperspace and get in front of them or something? I, I just don't get... There's a, a little too... There's too many too many holes in that, that initial plot. I felt like that was encapsulated the entire movie. Of getting <laughs> getting them uh, out of that danger, you know, they're kind of like it's a like, like a Bond villain. Like they're like, yeah, we got you. Don't worry, they're gonna die anyway. They won't escape. My plan. Chase them and shoot. I mean, it's it's just like one of the themes of the movie. How um, you know, your overconfidence can destroy you. John, uh, our me and Chris Hawks co-host of Sim Seven, John Kenoki. If you've listened to us before, he has some very strong you have. opinions. You have. <laughs> He couldn't make it on the episode, but he has some very strong opinions on the First Order versus the Resistance. He thinks the Force Order is a joke. Uh, he, he says they never win. They always lose. No one can argue they've won. They lost their leader, two large ships, uh, the Supremacy. They lost Starkiller Base. Uh, what has the, the Resistance lost? They lost a Republic that barely supported them. He says the First Order is a joke. That is John Kenoki's feeling on the Resistance versus the First Order. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think what we're seeing, and I think this is going to be the theme for Episode 9, spoilers, you know, for my theory, is that it's all, it all comes down to balance, and not only in the Force balance, but also in the power struggle balance of the universe. So at the end of Episode 9, it's going to be like, 12 guys in a cruiser versus 12 guys in the Falcon. That's how the end of the movie's going to be. I'm just calling it right now. You think Kylo Ren's going to get out of this trilogy, or you think he's going to die in the next movie? No, this, the, uh, I'll leave my opinions till the end when we talk about theories. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> you know, it's weird, is I like the concept of this whole chasing thing, but when you think about it in depth, like Matt was saying, it's just... I don't know. It, it it's uh, it it makes me conflicted. Uh, let's talk about the other two two major characters that are kind of off on another planet doing something. Let's talk about uh, Ray and her quest to have Luke train her, I guess, and join the Resistance to help 
the battle against the First Order. Uh, I personally thought Mark Hamill was excellent in this movie. I, I think his acting, acting wise, I think Mark Hamill uh, delivered the best performance A that he could. Yes, that he could for oh, this amazing. for Luke Skywalker in this movie. Uh, Ray, uh, I don't know. I felt like there was a little. I I, I felt. Ray was a little lackluster in this movie. I feel like a lot of characters suffered because there was so much going on. Um, Matt, what, what'd you, how'd you feel about the returning of Luke Skywalker and, and Ray in this movie versus Force Awakens Ray? Um, I, I have to say, I feel like uh, Luke was a huge surprise to me as far as how he ended up as he did from, what was it, 20 years, 30 years from... thirty. Return of the Jedi, this hero of the resistance or rebellion or whatever. I, 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 it kind of threw me a little bit. I felt like he was, um, he lost all hope in himself and in the force. And it really, the, the character itself, I think they, in my opinion, it, it, it wasn't, he wasn't represented well, or maybe it's just me thinking how he should have been. And I think they're trying to do different films. So maybe they just, spawn it a different way because i would never think luke would be like that um <clears throat> i think Ray, i think ray was pretty on point i think she's trying to find her place like she said and all this um i didn't really think her performance was that different um it felt a little rushed i'd like to see a little more time on the island personally because I, I you know i did think mark hamill did was great in the movie i mean he he was like i said he was different so that was He's always wanted to have sort of that cranky Jedi. I think if he initially wanted to be a dark side user and then kind of turn back, which they almost hint to that with that whole flashback scene with him and Kylo. So I don't know. I mean, I I initially was confused by it because I wanted him to be like this hero, you know, like, yeah, let's go kick some ass. Well, you feel like with the guidance of Yoda and Obi-Wan and going through what he did, he would maybe Luke would see like not give in to because he says he gives into the legend of himself right or something like that he gives into the idea of who Luke Skywalker Luke Skywalker was uh Hawk would you what'd you think of Mark Hamill's performance Luke Skywalker and uh Ray so Luke Mark Hamill did the best he's ever done in Star Wars for this episode. His acting in the OG trilogy wasn't bad, but it was also nothing to write home about. In this one, you finally see him shine. He is, he is easily, I think, the strongest part of this movie, and the way he portrays a broken man is particularly enlightening. It's, it's crass, brutal, it's funny and unfunny at the same time. It's disgusting. You have so many emotions in him, and Mark Hamill plays it beautifully. I mean, he plays redeemed, he plays destroyed and downtrodden, he, put, he, he portrays betrayal, he portrays uh, disgust all very well. And the flashbacks, the ending, his, his sacrifice, every scene that Mark Hamill's in, you can see how much work he has put in the 30 years since the OG trilogies. So it's, Mark Hamill's wonderful in this movie. If you think Mark Hamill's his acting was bad in this movie. I'm sorry, but I believe you're wrong because he was fantastic. And his character, Luke Skywalker himself, I, 
we talked about this on Return of the Jedi, how John was saying that he expect he hoped that Luke was not he he hoped that Luke was a shitty teacher, and he was kind of right. John was right, and well, it wasn't it wasn't that Luke was a bad teacher; it's that he he gave in to the temptation, and that's what happened. He gave in to temptation again, where Luke Luke has it doesn't end once you destroy part of the empire and become a hero. That temptation from the dark side never ends. And that's what they never talk about in any other movie. We see it in this movie. The temptation was always there. That dark side call for Luke was always still there. And a lot of people wanted Luke to be this superhero. This hero that once he beat the dark side once, it would never try to tempt him ever again because he beat it once. But that's not how the dark side works. It's always tempting. It's like real temptation in real life. It's always there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that was one of the cooler parts of them on the uh, one of the cooler parts of the movie, I guess, for me is them showing or having Luke explain that the dark side is always going to tempt you. Uh, that I thought that was really cool. Another thing that I thought was really neat, and this is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, is the when Yoda. Luke is, scene? Yep, is when Yoda comes to talk to Luke. But I have I'm. I want to ask you guys something, because that, that scene really conflicts me. Time out. I liked Ray. Ray was good. Continue. Okay, back on the, back on the Yoda scene. So Luke, Luke gets the candle, right? And he's going to go burn down the tree. Yoda shows up. And, and then Luke's... It's like Luke changes his mind? Or he wants to... Then he's like, wait, I got to save the books? I don't know. That, that part really confused me. Well, usually when you're, in fit, when you're in a mood like that, you're not thinking clearly. And then you have thousands and tens of thousands of Jedi history nowhere else in the world. He wanted to burn it down, but then he thought differently. I mean, it, you know, you can have these delusions of grandeur and then, you know, wake up and be like, oh, I shouldn't do this. I mean, he was angry. Did you notice the books were on the Falcon at the end? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of people didn't see that or notice that. Well, Yoda that says. confused me. Because I thought that they burned them and then they were on the Falcon. I don't know when. Ray must have stolen them. But remember, Yoda says there's nothing in there that the she does not already possess. The play on words from Yoda right there. She or she got them books. He it was she was he wasn't talking. He was talking literally and metaphysically. Like nothing in there doesn't Ray already has, but she already has the books physically. And also the contents inside them and what they're about. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess I didn't even think about that. I just got to say that 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 Yoda scene, that was, I mean, I think that was one of the best scenes in the movie. It, yeah, it that, was. That, that was. I, I agree with it. I agree. That was uh, that was pretty awesome. Um, at times, because I, <laughs> I knew it was a puppet, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was great too. I was like, all right, right on. But, um, you know, there were some times he looked a little weird, but I, I thought that was, for me, that was like my favorite. So Force Ghosts have been in every single movie except the first three and The Force Awakens, I think. Uh, there's no Force Ghost in Episode 4. Well, there's, there's no a Force, force there's Ghost. Force, there's Force Voice, though. That would, that would, in episode, set, would, oh, yeah. Remember, he's the, te- uh, the tunnel run. Um, well, if we're being technical here, you don't see the Force Ghost there, okay, there, pal? And then um, the Qui Gon's in Episode Two. Then Anakin, no, 
<laughs> that is true. He does try to <laughs> reach out to Anakin. I honestly feel like this is just my opinion on that scene, and this is separate from being me thinking that or being conflicted on seeing the character change his mind. Is I feel like it was a missed opportunity to have feel, other like Force have ghosts to... come into the picture to to talk to Luke. I feel like I feel like you could have had. I I felt like Qui Gon could have came in and said a piece. I feel like Obi Wan could have walked out of the doorway of the burning tree and said something. Maybe the surprise Luke. And I thought the final piece of the chapter was could have been Anakin or whoever they wanted to be Anakin, Hayden Christensen, Force Ghost to come in and say something. And then you could have had Yoda have the final word. I just felt like to me that was a missed opportunity. To was it was it a missed opportunity or do you think that's a nostalgia overload? I think Yoda's the easiest one because how would you do Obi-Wan? You you couldn't do young Obi-Wan because it'd be a little weird because he died when he was old. And <laughs> everybody hates everybody hates uh, Hayden Christensen, so that would be like having Jar Jar in there. I don't hate him personally, but I think Yoda's easy because he's timeless. You can he can always be in every movie. He's a puppet, so <clears throat> and he's he's the ultimate Jedi Master, so while while I would love a camaraderie of Force Ghosts to help out Luke. I think Yoda being by himself, the person that Luke connects with best, the person that helps Luke find his way in the world, helps him gain a understanding of the Force, I think it's a really good bonding moment for them also. You can definitely see that Luke has something special with Yoda. Yoda, Yoda never lied to Luke like Obi-Wan did about his father. Because you could see that anger in uh, Empire. And I uh, know what return. You can see that anger that Luke has against Obi Wan. But he didn't know. He didn't know, and he didn't say anything. So Luke, like Luke, could be like it probably wouldn't last that long. But Luke has, you know, he could have something a little angst against Obi Wan. But Yoda is like Luke's dude. I think Luke spent more time with Yoda than he did with Obi Wan. I will. I will agree that Yoda is more fitting it is fitting there because yoda he is like the high chief he's the he's the the master of the that we have seen on the screen is yoda i would i would love to see all them force ghosts in one scene though mario don't get me wrong i'd love to see that i just don't know i don't know i don't think they do it the for for force awakens they had i have this book it's uh, the art of force awakens and they have a scene that they they storyboarded with uh, Vader as a as a ghost talking to Kylo Ren. Yeah, we only see good Force ghosts. I'd love to see a. Uh, can we see a Palpatine Force ghost? <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> Speaking of Kylo Ren, let's uh, talk about the character Kylo Ren. I thought this was one of the other um, achievements, or not achievements, but this is one of the other good act. Um, not good. That's terrible English. I think you're right. I think you're right. The first time achievements. Okay, achievements of <laughs> of acting. Like I, I felt like Adam Driver gave a good performance in this movie for what we were given. Uh, he was he was also one of the better parts for me. How'd you guys feel about Kylo Ren kind of leaning back and forth on the good and and or do, do you think he was leaning back and like leaning? Uh, light the dark or I don't think so I think after seeing this movie you you realize that he was always kind of a evil I don't know 
And I am wonder, you know, and I always think about this. He's got this hang up with Darth Vader. Does he know that Darth Vader sort of redeemed himself at the end? I wonder if he even knows that story. Yeah, did Luke tell anybody about that? That's what they don't talk about because I feel like if he had conflicts and he knew that, maybe he would tell him. Yeah, because he says, well, I'll finish what you started. Well, what he started was another rebellion, really, (laughs) if you think about it. He was like, no, I'm going to kill the Emperor and save my son, and then I'm good now. I don't know. I just feel like uh, I don't think he ever had any intention of um, being, you know, turning to the back to the lights. There was a part where he didn't shoot at Leia, so that could have been hesitation to kill his entire family. There was parts where he hesitated. He did hesitate, yeah. Um, I think I think this is what people wanted to see from Anakin in the uh, OG, in the prequels. The conflictedness. Because I'm getting some real Anakin vibes from Kylo until, you know, the, the hesitation. Well, not the hesitation parts, but just the general everything involved. It's it's a very well done performance from Adam Driver. He's very believable. He's a total beefcake. He um <laughs> he uh he's very believable in all of his scenes. He is he is so menacing sometimes. You forget how tall this guy is. The guy's like 6'5". And he he just he dwarfs everyone. I uh I, yeah. I almost thought when the other tie fighters shot at Leia in the ship or whatever that he w- that was him that was his uh that's where he was going to turn that's where he was going to turn on Snoke and I th- I personally would have liked the scene in the throne in the throne room scene to see him turn but help Rey escape like or 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 something like that cuz I feel like Rey and Kylo on the same team would have been better, in my opinion, for a showdown against Snoke in Episode Nine, and I, I don't know. Oh, it would have been interesting, that's for sure. How did you guys, Hawk? Obviously, I know your opinion on the throne room scene, but would do you want to let's 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 get into it? Let's get into the throne room you, scene. You want you want to you want to get into the throne room scene now? Fire we and ice. About, we haven't talked about Leia yet. I want to hear this throne room scene. You mean Superman? Le- super uh, Super <laughs> Mary, Leia? Mary, Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh man did you guys like uh leia using the force there to i thought it was pretty cool i mean you never really you've never really seen her use any force abilities other than i would argue she felt certain things uh when han solo died or her her powers are emphatic they're feelings they're emotions they're not physical trained in the force but um who knows? I don't know. I, 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 I was, I thought that scene was really corny, but it was at the same time. I was like, well, that's pretty cool to see her. I was waiting for the last film for her to do something, and this one, I, she just kind of, uh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> I agree, though. Like, at the, it was kind of weird. It was really weird to see, but it had a cool factor to it to see her use the force in such a way we'd never seen before. I mean, she was in space. I was convinced uh, they killed her. You know, like, it, it oh, this been is a, her death scene. Yeah, wouldn't, that would have been a really good send-off for her. Would have been, yeah. Perfect. I was, I was pleased. I didn't, 
like we I did see a little bit of the trailer and it's the part where it looks like she's praying on the ship and then we were all like, "Oh, she's going to die." I was like, "Oh, no, nah, man, it's a fake out." You know, it's like and she dies and I'm like, "Well, okay. I didn't expect Leia to die." I mean, I honestly I was more upset about Admiral Ackbar, okay? Off off-screen death. <laughs> off-screen death. <laughs> Ryan Johnson hates the OG trilogy, okay? He just wants to get rid of all of them. He wants to get rid of all of them. Kill everyone. Uh, the Mary Poppins scene, it's still iffy for me. I'd have to see it again because I, I, would, I don't know if it's the execution, the absurdness of it, the way Leia's never, ex, never exuded any other type of power like this except for like emotional strings across the universe, powers through the Force. You know, her powers are, are emotion. That's like, it's empathy. She knows when stuff is happening through her bonds with her friends, lovers, brothers. You know, that was her power. We've hey, never seen her do this. She's the daughter of the Chosen One, okay? Do, daughter, do, she's she the can daughter survive of the space. One, okay? Survive it. That, that's the other thing. In this movie, we've seen some really high-level... Or stuff which you've never seen before. Yeah, which I'm still like processing. Yeah, exactly. I'm. That's another thing I'm conflicted about. Like it's cool, but at the same time, it's like I, I don't know if you should take it that extreme. Like it, it's well, kind of extreme do, to me. They do crazier stuff in the novels. So look, okay, I've seen the Clone Wars, the cartoon series where Mace Windu, you know, does the. He, does the force to the ground and all the droids fly backwards and stuff. I mean, that's some crazy force stuff, but it's just weird movie wise. I feel like personally movie wise, we haven't seen it live action like that before. So it's, it's kind of hard to process this. This movie felt more like uh fantasy, like mystical opposed to science fiction. You know, it was, well, more- Oh, I agree. I, I agree. Argue, I would argue that. Star Wars is mostly fantasy instead of sci-fi. I'm saying it's more like uh, Lord of the Rings type magic, you know? I understand that. Projecting yourself through time and space and... Uh, we need uh, some uh, giant eagles in Star Wars. Or space-timing people. I mean, it's kind of... Like, that took me a while to get... I'm like, what is happening here? It almost felt like Fantastic Beasts and where to find him to me. Or like why? Harry Potter. Tell me, t- tell me why. Definitely, it was definitely a Harry Potter type movie. I, I got <laughs> more of a that fantasy vibe. Yeah, definitely. Because um, you know, there's times when uh, can they? They can't really. Uh, at the end, when he stabs him with the lightsaber, he goes through him. But then Yoda hits him on the head with a cane. Yeah. Uh, Kylo feels water from the island, and I'm like, what is the what is the real deal here? What like what can and can't you do with the FaceTime Force? I need to know this <laughs> because these are all questions I have. Yeah, I'm so confused. I don't know. It's like the movie Ghost. Do you ever see the movie Ghost when <laughs> the ghosts push? Are you talking things? about Ghostbusters when Bill Murray gets a gets a BJ from a ghost? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, no. Not at all. I'm talking about the movie well, Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Same, same thing. That same thing that happens in Ghostbusters happens in Ghosts. They both fall in love with a ghost. You guys brought it up earlier about us thinking that Le- this was when Leia was going to die. 
there was a lot of weird uh, teasing and marketing for this movie about that. Like the trailer would market, you know, that was like her end or the trailer would market that Ray was going to turn. And then we get into this movie and the whole movie is just a giant tease fest, I feel like. Did you guys get that same vibe that there was a lot of teasing and misdirection going on? Oh, definitely. I, I, I feel like this movie was pretty straightforward. I don't know. Based on the trailers, man, it, they they wanted you to believe certain things, and uh, it turns out, I, I think it was a, I think there was a lot of misdirection. I think they have to do that with trailers, though, especially with a Star Wars film, because you don't really want to know what's going on. You kind of want to just get that uh, basic. Uh, it's all. It's all. I don't know. I, yeah. I I would agree with Mario though, as far as the the tease or the misdirection. So, Chris Hawk. Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice. Throne Room. I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Bring the ice first. So I I, I don't dislike this scene. This scene visually, and um, I guess for this movie as a one shot. Is exciting, the the lightsaber duel, I will approve of. But the one thing that I absolutely hate and dislike and will fight to the end against Chris Hawk is that killing Snoke with zero explanation explanation of the character, where he comes from, how or who he is, how he became leader of the First Order. I think is a total waste of a character. Total tell me, waste. Mario. Tell me, tell me, Mario, right now. Well, before, they build the pre- a- <laughs> before the prequels, Emperor Palpatine, where'd he come from? He dies. No one knows his past. Without the prequels, you wouldn't know who Palpatine was. Tell me now. Tell okay. me now. Yeah, Tell but me in the now. first movie, you know that there's an emperor. In the first you movie, okay? he explains that there's an emperor. The emperor dissolves of the Senate, fully okay. dissolves of the Senate, so it's fully an empire. In the second so movie, you, the you get to see the, the big force, face the of the emperor. Awakens. You're like, okay, oh, that's extreme, the emperor. He's an extreme leader. The term emperor... The- the term emperor is very simplified, okay? Snoke is built as a character, not as a simplified uh, leader of an it's organization. He's okay? the leader of whatever is in that movie. Palpatine, leader of the Empire. Snoke, leader of the First Order. They're basically the same character. You get basically zero background info. You only see Palpatine very little, the first two movies, as much as you see Snoke in Return of the Jedi. You see as much in Last Jedi. So we know Snoke is the, is, the, is the leader of the First Order. But with the prequels, we learn about Palpatine, and we learn every that there's movie has to in stand, Jedi. Every, every so, movie has to stand by itself. When Return of the Jedi first came out, no one, no one complained about the, back, the, the amount of background info for Palpatine. And when he died, Because he's, he's the emperor. The, like okay, I said, the word Snoke itself is, is extreme emperor. Snoke is extreme leader. It's the same thing. Yeah, but don't that you build this mystery around the character and you allude to the, that um, there's JJ more behind Abrams, him. J. You know what? I'm gonna tell you. J.J. Abrams messed up. All right, he messed up with the Force Awakens. You think the so? mystery? I've, I've been saying it for so long. The mystery box. I've been saying it for so long. The mystery box. It's a tease. It ruins movies. You're so focused on Ray's parentage. You're so focused on Snoke's background that you take away from the important parts of the movie. Those don't matter. Okay. They never mattered. 
But we get I think you have a you have a bigger buildup with the emperor. You, the reason you don't need it now is because, or we have these questions, is because we have this Snoke that is like the emperor. So you're like, who the hell is this guy? And they built him up so much, and then they just kill him off because Ryan Johnson just doesn't want to deal with it. Or it's a big stepping stone for Kylo Ren. Well, then. At the, I don't know. It's nope, a dumb. It's just, I think it's a dumb. I think it's dumb. They should have built. I think maybe he should have made it through the next movie. I think if you did that, it would just be copy. It. It. We get the Star Wars. All Star Wars movies get criticized for being too much like the OG. If you had Snoke survive, it would just be endless criticism. Why would you want that? Why would you want movies to be like the OG? We're trying to get rid of nostalgia. That's the whole point of this movie. I will to give get you rid two. Of the nostalgia. I will give you two examples of how they could have done it differently that wasn't like other Star Wars. One, show a flashback of how he was, whatever he came from, how he rose the power in a quick snippet, and then explained how he knows who Darth Vader is, because obviously he knows who Darth Vader is. Was he Palpatine? Like, don't you want to know why he knows who Darth Vader is, or you just don't care that he... How did he rise the power? Do you not care that he rose the power? The Sith... If you this didn't other see the Sith prequels, somewhere. if you didn't see the prequels, you didn't get that information. They're the same characters. Because Pal- no, they're, they're not. They are not. They are exactly the same. The Sith Lord, you understand that he you trained Darth that Vader. Snoke. You understand that Snoke is the leader of the First Order. That's it. That's all you need to know. No, you don't. It's not because important. Listen, the Empire was established. The Emperor put in. When he died, they did this whole thing with we're gonna we're gonna hide for a while and then we're gonna start back up. Who cho- why why Snoke? Why did he get chosen to be the supreme leader? Who is this person? You kind of have to know. It's like when Hitler dies, who's Hitler number two? Like you need to know was he this was he Hitler's best friend? Was he his uncle, his cousin? You need to kind of know. You have a little backstory of why and how they be. He- tell me, tell me right now. Tell me right now if Ryan Johnson, with all the best info he had, would you guys have been pleased with any explanation for Snoke or Ray's parentage and not walked out disgruntled? I'm not tell disgruntled. Me, I'm not I'm disgruntled. Just saying, would you have accepted any explanation? I don't think I would. I wouldn't have. I don't think I wouldn't have. Did you I'm like that? Disgruntled by her parent. I think the way they described it, I'm, I was expecting that. With him, it was like they had. You had no buildup whatsoever, and suddenly they chop him in half, and like, oh, well, he's gone now. Like, why are people following this guy? Why? It's just, there's got to be a question. There's got to be an answer to that question. For Star Wars, for Star Wars, we, we, are, we know that there's a Jedi. We know that there's a Sith. We know that this guy's strong in the Force. He's obviously super powerful, right? How do you, how do you rally up what's left of the Empire and just become the First Order when we know that there's only do so far, we only know that there's two Sith, right? After Jedi, there's Vader and Darth. Rule of two. Rule of well, two. Well, there's two. The rule of two, right? So, like, wouldn't you want the explanation to know that this guy, how he became to be, or are you just like, ah, oh, there's probably some old burnt up dude out there who rose the power and was and had force powers. Well, I think you know the you know what the problem is. I think what Chris Hawk was saying was J.J. Abrams built this guy up to be so mysterious. And then when Ryan Johnson took over, he didn't want to really tell that story. So he had to kind of... 
it wasn't the story that was important. That's the part I'm trying to get get through. They set up all these questions of who's Ray and who's Snoke and who's this guy and who's that guy, and we get an answer for Ray, but we get we get no idea who Snoke is. If if they never even would have set it up that way, I don't think I would have cared so much. In a universe where everything is connected, where we've been trained to expect greater meanings and profound truth, this is indeed a punch in the gut. Not everything has to be connected, though. The mightiest can fall. We know this, and at the same, and at some point, they should. To get I, away know, from I, the... I don't need to know who Boba Fett is or anything. I don't. I, agree <laughs> with that. I, I don't need to know like uh, who Sly Snoodles is. I don't give a shit. But this character was built up to be like this person you need to know, and then they. It's like that that dumb show Lost. Okay, JJ. <laughs> Every time I watch that damn show, there's more questions than answers. So I stopped watching it. I hate that show. Anyway, that's another podcast. But I just, I, I truly believe that Ryan Johnson told a story that mattered. It's not about Snoke. It's not about Ray's parentage. It is easily about what you do with the Force, who can use the Force, who it belongs to. And it's about failure and it's about hope. And Snoke wasn't, Smoke doesn't need to be anything important other than. He is a, another father figure that, that Kylo Ren the First Ren Order had to doesn't slay. matter. The, the First Order's... They don't matter. If Snoke doesn't matter, the First Order doesn't matter. That's not true. Kylo Ren is leading the First Order, so that matters now. So, How can you tell me the First Order doesn't matter just yeah, because... Yeah, but we know figure... Kylo Ren's backstory. What if we never got to know why Kylo Ren turned on Luke? We find out why. Yeah, what if we didn't? That's not the story Would that was told. Mad? So why, why, why are you talking in things that didn't happen when it did happen? I'm talking about Snoke now. I'm Snoke? giving you explanations. I, I'm that's, saying, that's would you, you... You gave me explanations. You, get, you asked me questions. If Kylo didn't have a backstory, yes, I would be mad. Okay. But, but, Snoke's not a main character. Kylo Ren is. Kylo Ren has a good backstory, therefore it's good. Snoke doesn't matter. He only matters in the sense he's a stepping stone for Kylo Ren. He is another father figure that was slain, that needed to be slain, so Kylo could re- take power. Kylo didn't like to be under anybody. He didn't like anyone having power over him, and now he's ahead of an entire organization, and that's the best turn that needed to happen for Star Wars because we don't see that. We've never seen it. We've always seen two. This guy is one now, holding down the fort by himself. We've always seen the rule of two in all the movies. He's by himself, and this is something we haven't seen in Star Wars. Visually, like I said, it was cool for a twist in the movie. But for the overarching trilogy that this is going to be, this plot twist sucks. It's not a, it's not a plot twist. It's, a, it's Kylo's arc. It's not Snoke's arc. It's Kylo's arc. Snoke doesn't matter. We can debate this all day. All day. Um, we're going to move tell on. Me, don't tell me, like, story-wise it doesn't work. because the story, It doesn't work. It does work. The arc is about Kylo Ren. It's Kylo's arc. It's a story about failure and hope. So is the story Kylo's story, or is it these group of characters that are in this movie? Star Wars has never been about the story. It's always been about the characters. Snoke is just part of the story. Kylo Ren is the character of Star Wars. Well, they should have just made him like a... uh, I don't know. They should have made him like a janitor then or something, if it didn't matter. (laughs) Hey, Kylo, you should uh, you use that Force stuff and kill people. I'm just saying that people's, people 
saying this movie is bad because they didn't get an answer to Snoke is ridiculous. It's dumb. I wish... I would never say that because the movie's just bad all around, but... <laughs> I mean, there's more than one reason why this movie's not good. Um, I, personally, I wanted to know who Snoke was because I just you got, needed to you, know because he got was such in, an... It he got drilled into you because of JJ's mystery box. JJ's dumb mystery box. I, I agree. I hate that shit. I hate the mystery box stuff. I don't need to nope. know. I don't need to wait two years for why, why someone is related to someone or whatever. But You know what? This is his exact words. The design is, as long as it matters, it doesn't matter. He doesn't think it matters what's inside as long as he makes you think it's important. That's what he literally said. Well, that makes you, the character just, it makes the whole thing empty. And meaningless. The character, the characters, just pointless. Star, Star Wars. The grand mysteries of Star Wars were always resolved in their own movies. And this wasn't resolved because you didn't get to see who he was. So his this character is not resolved. Who's not resolved? Sno- Snoke is not resolved. Duh. His end is just a stepping stone for Kylo Ren. The and best. You didn't get to see the best Sith Lord of all time. Then the First Order isn't resolved because you don't see how they become in the power or how their leader. Obviously, the, the break off of the empire that's still there after they the uh, second Death Star breaks up, which I have said many times, there's a power vacuum, so someone has to fill it, and that's going to be more empire. They're just going to rebrand themselves. Snoke probably just felt right in. It it you're putting too much emphasis on Snoke. It doesn't matter about him, man. It matters about the other characters that are making this story now. The other These characters ca- who were going back and forth on decisions the whole movie to tease you. To tease you, because it's a what? giant tease what you, fest. What are you talking? What's the tease? Tell me the teases right now. Tell me the teases. Fire okay, Poe. Uh, I'm gonna rush into battle. Le- we gotta stop the first order. Leia exactly. tells him. Leia tells him what at what cost. So then he's like, I gotta save these people. We gotta get out of here at what cost? We got. We gotta. Uh, we he gotta escape with the, the last end. fuel. Doesn't he, doesn't and then he, he changes he, his mind. Leia wakes up, tells him, Yeah, we gotta escape. Poe was right. Poe was right, and he listened to Leia. People died when they escaped the ship. You're supposed to listen to your upper commanders. You're supposed to listen to people. I'm going to burn down this tree. I'm not going to burn down this tree. I want the books. No, uh, okay, I'm fine with the tree burning down because Yoda told me so. Uh, And then I'm still going to just not go help anybody. I'm going to die. Have you never had a second thought? Have you never had a second thought about buying something? That quickly? Yeah, you buy something expensive, and you're like, maybe I shouldn't have bought that. You, you eat something, and you're like, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. People have second thoughts. They're real people. This is a highly stressed in- You know what I have second thoughts about this movie? Because <laughs> I kind of liked it, but now I fucking hate it, okay? <laughs> Can we talk about the throne? Let's go back to the throne room. Let's, let's did it look like a, did it look like an episode of like Power Rangers to you? Just a no, red back? No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Stop, stop it. It's like, you know what? This set's not finished. We'll just put a stop. red carpet in the back. We'll just put red. He Obviously, his favorite color is red. We'll use red. What do you think, Snoke? Yeah, I like red. Use red. Why does Snoke like red? I want to know why Snoke likes red. Because he's a freaking Sith. Sith like red. I don't know. They never said he was a Sith. I wouldn't know because they cut him in half like a fucking birthday cake and didn't tell you who he was. <laughs> Let's talk about the final battle. Let's get into the final battle. We had our throne room I just, debate. I just, I just feel like most people are missing the point of this movie. It's not about Snoke. It was, the importance on look, Snoke look, look, look. is just I get ridiculous. It. I get it, Chris Hogg. 
if this movie was a one shot, if this movie was a one shot, you're right. This movie. This movie is works on a one amazing. shot because it works as a one shot because every movie has a stand on its own. You're right. And Empire does what. I'll tell you what Empire does better than this movie is Empire can stand on its own. You can, you can say it stands on its own, but it also builds and, and, and leads into Return of the Jedi. This does not lead into Episode Nine. This feels like an about? ending. Gives, this feels like two... an ending. I mean, the X Men Two ending was in it. Uh, it, when what are you talking about? Jean Grey in the a Phoenix clear, saves it gives you a the clear, twin jet, and they it fly gives you away. a clear message of where this movie ends. The Rebel Alliance, Unhope. the Hopeful. Resistance, is now the Rebels. They are all on one thing. They're on the Falcon, and it's Tyler back Ren. to square one. The original trilogy. Boom, Empire, Rebels, there you go. There's your nostalgia-filled uh, callbacks all over again. It's the same crap all over again. Everybody's talking about how different this movie is. Look where it ended up. Empire, Rebels, it's the same thing again. What else are you going to fucking do? And A better movie. <laughs> <laughs> continuity. I want to see some continuity in, in Star Wars films. I want to have the same... You know, you can't make it a separate film because everybody's anticipating that it should feel like a Star Wars film. It should have the same story beats. That we accept. It didn't have anything like that. Who was who saying this? Are you the gatekeeper of Star Wars? So, so every, every fan in the world loves Star Wars. It doesn't mean they own Star Wars. It doesn't mean you know. It doesn't mean you are intimate. It doesn't mean you own it. it. doesn't mean you know what a Star Wars story is. You think you know. The director is ultimately the person that tells the Star Wars story. But I'm the consumer, and I pay to see the movies. So, and so, so Star Wars to you is lightsaber fights and just, you know, rocks floating. No, Star Wars is a story of, of hope. And that's what this movie was about. Speaking of hope, this movie says the word hope at least 50 times. Uh, so does Rogue One. Next. I know. And I feel like with Disney, they're overusing the word hope. What, what else do you want? I think, you're just nit- about... I think you guys are just nitpicking now. So I mentioned no, Crate. I'm not nitpicking. I'm coming, at, I'm coming from it as a guy who's seen Star Wars since I was five years old. And I, this movie, I understand that this movie's different now. I feel like I went on this ride. They left me on the side of the road, and I don't know what the fuck happened. But, but they left me behind, dude. They left me behind because I this movie's made for younger fans now, which I accept. I get that, which is all flash. Every, you know, uh, this is the most quick story beats. Everybody I, I wouldn't say everything. that. I, this is the most character-driven Star Wars out there. Every character gets their own beat. I, and I, you know, I'm not the only one saying this, so I'm just. I know you're not. I know you're not. It just didn't. And let me tell you, I wanted to love this film. I was so anticipating this film for two years. I went in there thinking this is going to be the greatest Star Wars movie ever. Why? Because it because it, it gave because it gives you the answers. Because it has to give you the answers. That's not a Star Wars movie. For me personally, I wanted to feel like an epic Star Wars film. It felt like a mess. Like it was, uh, you know, it was a bunch of uh, music videos stuck together. That's all. I'm gonna watch it again, and I may, I may have, I may have a different opinion about it. But my initial reaction is, I don't like it. I want to like it. There's a lot of stuff in there I do like, 
Now I did I did that with the prequels too. I loved Phantom Menace, and then I went back and said I hate Phantom Menace, and now I have a new appreciation for them. But the good thing is, there's going to be so many Star Wars movies coming out in the next so many years that there can be one that's a stinker because it won't matter because there's another one coming after it. So I the mean, one that's a stinker won't matter as much. When Empire Strikes Back came out, it was equally divisive to critics and fans as Last Jedi is right now. So I guess we just got to give it time. I think so. There's the Empire companion uh, comparison again. Everyone, everyone wants to say it's different, critic, but we keep comparing uh, it. I'm talking about the critics and the fans' perception of it. That's what I was comparing it to. Yeah. People didn't like Empire when it first came out. Until, until Return of the Jedi came out, Empire was panned. It was like 50-50, like Last Jedi is now. When Return of the Jedi comes out, everyone's like, oh, Empire's the best. Episode 9 has to redeem this movie for me, and it starts it with Snoke. It doesn't have to redeem anything. Stuff like that. It's like you're acting like Star Wars owns you, owes you something. I'm not acting like that at all. I just you have just an opinion on this movie. You said it had to this redeem movie. this movie. Like this movie destroyed something. I think this, made mo- this movie made t- uh, The Force Awakens better. I think, uh, it, yeah, I think you're right, because Force, this shows that For- Force Awakens is a little bit better than this movie. Uh, I disagree 100%, 120%, 150%. Before we got into this really aggressive tangent here, uh, I mentioned Crate and the final battle. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Crate and the final battle real quick. How'd you guys feel about when they got to Crate and they got in those uh, old speeders or salt speeders? I don't know what they are. Uh, And then they were charging towards the... The uh, M- the first order, I, I kind of I wanted to see a little more like shooting and stuff. I wanted to see some action there, but it it was kind of a one sided battle. Uh, ha- uh, we were just trying to hold off the first order so they could escape, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think there were mi- there were some kind of like mining cars or something. I I, I assume they they would just drudge the surface for those crystals, I guess, underneath the salt. Did they have weapons on them? They had guns on the sides. Because yeah, they I think they off. did, yeah. Unless... I feel like f- I wanted Finn to die, honestly. <laughs> Me too. I thought it would have been the best I thought it would have been the best beat in the entire movie if he died. From starting off not wanting to give your life to something to ending up wanting to give your life for something. That's pretty powerful. To to like betraying the first order, joining the resistance, not really thinking he wants to destroy be part of the resistance, and then ending up you know, buying time for the resistance by giving his life, that would have been, that would have been fantastic. Did you think he was going to die? I totally thought he was going to die. I, I, was, I was fully prepared for him to die, and I was, I was about to tear up. I really was about to tear up. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly thought they were going to kill him off because the actor has been doing a lot of movies lately. So, <laughs> so I thought maybe they were going to kill him off. Blowing yeah. up in real life. Yeah, I thought they were going to kill him off because he's been in so many things, you know, that he couldn't do episode nine or, or something because of his schedule. And honestly, I was going to be a little mad if they were going to kill him. Because I, I mean, I believed it for a second. And I don't know, I don't want Finn to die because I feel like there's so much potential in the character of Finn. I just didn't see the potential in this movie. I liked him better in Force Awakens, I think, personally. Yeah, I think he played a more pivotal role in that movie. Of, um found Ray and all that stuff. It kind of connected those two characters. Speaking of uh, 
Speaking of Snoke being a janitor, I didn't know that Finn was a janitor on every M- uh, First Order ship in the entire uh, armory or whatever. Probably all, they're probably all made the same. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Oh, my God. So funny. <laughs> we all just all butt hurt now. Let's just all take a moment. No, no, if you, no, no, for, no, for real, for real. Have you ever been down to development and every house looks the same? That's basically what do what they do. They just plop houses and they rotate them fifty degree, a uh, hundred and hundred and eighty degrees, and that's the new house. And then they like they turn it all the way, they flip it upside down, you know, do some stuff. But every house is the same almost, but no one notices it because the they're painted differently. But you know what I'm saying. I wonder if it's like McDonald's where they're like one week they train them on the fries, then they train them <laughs> on the hamburgers, they just know everything. He's like, well, I guess you're just a janitor now. You're a tech specialist. You're a tech specialist. So in case one of our guys is sick one day, you can fill in for him. Oh man, JT45 is hurt, guys. Uh, hey, you, FN2187 or whatever, <laughs> uh, we need you to go on this mission with Kylo. It's like, dang it. Cleaning the toilet. <laughs> what? Just... Now, Chris Hawk, before you say anything, I hate to interrupt you, but I think we should tell everybody about our partnership with Audible.com. And uh, the perfect guy to do that is our main man, John Kanoki. Hey out there, it's John Kanoki. Just wanted to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Uh, some recommendations I would just throw out there is uh, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, or the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Uh, you can go ahead and download it to your iPhone, Android, anything mobile. Uh, again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. Uh, get your free trial and free audiobook today. Thank you. Still a whole much to talk about. Oh, what what else do you want to talk about? Ask us some questions. Uh, the ray, the ray scene in the cave. I would see. Oh, that was confusing. Yeah, I, I was really hoping that would reveal that would be another like vision type thing, like another, you know, where she would have visions, like the Force Tree on Dagobah type deal, or like Luke in the cave on. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. I thought. Maybe that's when they should have revealed whose Ray's parents were, so we could have been like, oh, wow, she's kind of doubting herself now based on who her parents were, or maybe something like that, instead of Kylo just like, your parents were drunks. They sold you. They I don't know. Because di- how, how'd, how'd Kylo know? Of Jakku. I don't know. He pr- she probably sealed off that part of her brain. You know how when dramatic um, things happen to you in your life and you can wall them off in your brain and he can probably he probably saw what it was when he first interrogated her in the first uh the force awakens uh, i i, I kind of feel like that when she saw herself many times I mean, it was sort of like kind of telling you that she was i don't know how to explain this but if she would have saw something else she was sort of seeing herself like i i really haven't thought this through so so <laughs> this fall <laughs> I think I, I think I understand what you're saying. I think I, I mean, like she didn't see anything, so she wasn't. There was really nothing there to find out. 
she, she kind of already knew, like, her parents... She knew that her parents were nobody. She just wanted something... She wanted to be important. And the way to be important is to do something... You know, you don't have... You can be a nobody and still do something important. I mean, Luke Skywalker was a farm boy. Anakin Skywalker was a slave. I mean, that's the theme of the Star Wars trilo- of trilogies, series. You come from nothing, you can do great things. And... That was the... That was the whole theme of this movie, honestly. Because you saw the kid at the end with the... You know, they were basically slaves or whatever. And he, he had some, he obviously had some force powers. And I mean, you just had two of the biggest force users die in the movie. And that, that leaves a force vacuum. I mean, it's, the balance needs to go back to the way it was. You have Rey and Kylo now, but there's, I mean, Snoke and Luke were both immensely powerful. And that's, they're dead. So it's got to be dispersed back into the universe. You think we'll see Luke again? You think he'll come back in the next one as a Force Ghost? Most deaf. He's he's got to, because they said he's he's given notes to. He sat down with everybody and and he wrote down notes apparently and all this stuff. Like he's he's discussed them. With oh, do you want to do, do you want to do our theories now? Um, do you want to do theories before grades, or do you want to do grades and then episode nine expectations? Matt, do you have any questions? Not really. I think we've gone over a lot. Of I mean, we obviously haven't discussed everything, but I think we got to, we had. To... Oh, what'd you guys think of Rose? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> personally, I didn't mind Rose, but I'm kind of our friend John, or as I said, our co-host, I mean Chris Sox, other co-host John. He's not a big fan of Rose, and he thinks that the Ray and Poe situation is going to be really forced in the next movie. I, I kind of agree, but Rose to me wasn't that big of a deal. I, I think I would have liked more of like a love triangle type thing with Finn. Because I just, I don't know, Finn tried to do so much for Ray, and now he's just, he's just going to go off with Rose. You know, actually, this can probably lead into our Episode 9 theories. I, honestly, now Chris Hawk, you'll understand this. I think Finn in Episode 9 is going to be like Gohan. Adult Gohan. He's just gonna have. He's gonna. He's gonna settle down with Rose, and he's just not gonna <laughs> do anything. <laughs> he's the new Gohan. Oh man, I, I kind of feel like they didn't know what to do with Finn in this movie, so they kind of gave him this character to run around with. It wouldn't have made a difference to me if they weren't even in it. I don't think it would have changed the film at all. Um, but I do like her character. I think she's interesting. I wish they would have done something different with her. Um, That's just my opinion. I do like her, though. I, I just don't so, know what to do with her. So, we, so, so John talked about how he felt like a Poe and Ray romance would be kind of shoehorned in. Where that, I mean, that's what kind of happened in Empire with Leia and Han. They hated each other at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, but Poe and Ray never really met, and it just shook hands. But I, I do feel like this movie's going to be set, the next one's definitely going to be set years later. And if I feel I have a feeling like I'm not going to hold on to this theory. I just have a feeling Poe's going to die and Kylo's going to kill him and it's going to make Ray mad. And that's the only beat I have. There was another one I had. Oh, um, I think I wrote down Finn becomes adult Gohan. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be years later, obviously, I think. And the only well, other I hope so. The only expectation or theory that I have is 
they're obviously, I mean, I don't know what else they're going to do, but Leia's obviously going to die in the lead up or in the years before episode nine somehow, maybe of old age or her exposure, her exposure to space, I guess, could be a reason of death if they want to do it that. Did you guys, uh, you know, when they did the three lessons, he's like, I'll give you three lessons. Did we ever get the third one? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it was only like the go. Yeah. Well, the swinging at the rock wasn't a lesson. She just was doing that on her own, right? Well, I know the first one, he was like, sit on this rock, reach out, that kind of thing. Second one, second one was, uh, wasn't the second one teaching her about the force? I don't even know like if he did a history, second one. The history of the force. I don't even know if he did a second one, because after that, remember, he saw the darkness in her, and he was like, uh, I saw this before, I don't know if I'm going to train you anymore. I don't remember, I have to see it again. Well, he had that little sit-down, he talked about Sidious and stuff, maybe that was it. I did like that. I did really like that, that he mentioned that. That was pretty cool. Because he's never called him by that before, he's always called him the Emperor. He's or Supreme Leader. He yeah. mentions, you know, the Jedi at their peak. <laughs> Let the Dark Lord Dick. take over. Um, I I think maybe they'll they'll go to that third lesson in the in the next film. That's the only. I don't. I I think I'm just so new to me. I don't have too many predictions right now. I hope it's not as silly. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind humor in the movies, but there's so many parts in that movie. I was like, what? <laughs> When she, you know, when she's like, "You gonna put a shirt on?" I'm like, "Come on!" It's like you're talking to your dad about cancer, and you're like, "Your nose is running." It's like you don't do that, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like uh, it's so weird. I don't know. They had to show him with a shirt off. He's a beefcake. 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 Kylo Beefcake Ren. So let's get into our uh, final summary and grades. Uh, Chris Oct, are you going to do a similarity Rubicon for this yes, episode? Yes, I am. Um, I'll go first and then to uh, show Matt, my uncle, how we, uh, how we do the final summary and grades. Uh, I personally felt like this movie was marvelized to me. They kind of marvelized it, in my opinion. And uh, just after my first viewing, I walked out very conflicted of what I just watched. Just, uh, not just because, you know, I wanted to be thrilled or, I, you know, I wanted to see what I deemed to be thrilling or, you know, I wanted to see more nostalgia because I'm not a big fan of uh, nostalgia force things. But for certain beats, uh, as we keep saying, uh, elements and story reasons, like I said, I felt marvel marvelized, gunning along to keep the pace going. Too much modern humor. It The humor felt very forced, you know, the... The meta haha moments. Um, I don't know if anybody knows what I mean by meta, but the the humor just felt very meta to me. Uh, and where it dismisses arcs that could drive a more impactful and anticipated final third movie. The second should be a bridge, a part one to the final film in a trilogy, in my opinion. Um, I'll go over my dislikes. Killing Snoke is a dislike. Snoke dying to me before learning of the character and how he came to be or what his goals were in this film, I just thought was hurtful to what started the trilogy and for the overall story. 
because now JJ has to fix this. Uh, I felt like Captain Phasma was a tool. Uh, Ryan, I felt like Ryan Johnson took every character he didn't see fit for his Star Wars movie and what he wanted to accomplish and made them a tool for the other characters. Uh, for the overall outline of this trilogy, like I said, I think this hurts the trilogy more so than it giving to it out of um, wanting to, he just wanted to do his own thing. And I also think the timeline in between movies uh, is weird now. Snoke dies. Like, if you think about it from the timeline in between movies, Snoke dies pretty fast from his introduction. Uh, all introduction to all the First Order ships at an, and then the, them just being destroyed right away. Uh, every new character that was introduced on Force Friday died in this or didn't really get much uh, screen time. Uh, the death of Captain Phasma. Uh, Luke wanting... I already mentioned that. I won't go over that again. Uh, missed opportunity of Force Ghosts. I already mentioned that. In my opinion, showing all the Force Ghosts could have in this movie could have made the whole saga come full circle in this movie but that's just my opinion obviously there's no breaks i wish there was a break from from the constant push through the, the plot no memorable dialogue really i i, I have to rewatch it though because you've only seen it once i know so but nothing really stuck out with me dialogue wise uh luke dying I thought they should have changed the plot, and John Kenoki uh, agreed with me that they should have changed the plot to better suit uh, what happened with Carrie Fisher. My likes, Luke Skywalker, I thought Mark Hamill gave a really good performance. Uh, it setting itself away from the original, the original movies, I thought that was one of the positives, that it was a little different, even though I didn't like the execution of it. The bomber attack I thought was really neat. Remind me of something out of World War II. The new force abilities is a positive. Porgs. Porgs is a positive. I love the Porgs. Porg life. Porg life. Uh, the moral of not holding on to objects or things. Hero worship. That the force is more than the books. I, I like that whole moral. I also like the moral of uh, no one is ever gone because I think Luke says something to Leia about Kylo Ren uh because she says my son is gone and he says no one is ever gone and then i, I kind of like the moral of uh of when or the lesson that he tells kylo where he's like the death of me and han your father will always be with you or something he says and final uh we didn't really mention him but dj i like dj i like the character of dj he was pretty neat one last thing i have to bring up uh, Kylo seemed to have one goal in mind, and that's to kill his family and to kill Luke. So now that Luke is kind of dead and Luke's gone with the Force, what's left? I mean, what's his goal now? If this, like I said, if this was a one shot, I would say this is an eight-ish out of a ten. But for a piece of this new trilogy, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. Like I said, I'm just disappointed after one viewing, but. You know, I'm gonna try to see it. I'm gonna try to see it again. And me and Chris Locke's co-host John Kenoki gives it a six point five out of ten. That is his final grade on the movie. Just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody missed John. So, uh, Matt, what's your uh, final summary and your grade for the Last Jedi? Um, I don't know. I 
summary would be um, my dislikes in the movie. We kind of talked about, but I just an overall thing. I felt like it was a little disjointed. Um, it was too silly in certain parts, and um, I don't know. It it just didn't feel like a Star Wars film to me, as far as how I how I view them. Um, what I did like was I did like Mark Hamill's performance. I thought he's he was amazing in the film. He was a little. Um, I would agree with John Kenoki's assessment, though. Um, Yoda, I love the Yoda scene. There's a lot of things I do like about this movie, but there's a lot of things I don't love about it. So I would definitely give it a 6 out of 10, I think. Chris Hawk with A grade and maybe possibly a similarity to Rubicon? You're getting everything today. <laughs> so the, the uh, Last Jedi was everything I wanted to be in a Star Wars movie. I had no expectations except for... I wanted this movie to be good, and it was. I loved this movie. On, first, on a first watch, I loved it. Of course, they could change after a second watch. Of course, it could change after a third watch, fourth, fifth, sixth, a millionth watch. But after one watch, I loved this movie. I loved the shots. I loved the characters' arcs. I think one of the best shots we didn't talk about was the, um, the hyperspeed kamikaze shot and how it was silent. And how it was one of the most beautiful shots in the Star Wars uh, series. I think that was pretty cool that it was silent. And I will agree that was one of the uh, more visually a, a pleasing, thrilling parts of the movie. Thrill, I, like, if you're a thrill junkie, that was awesome. I absolutely love them expanding the lore of the Force and how it's... I think it's like an expanding on Lucas's ideals and his, what he wanted the Force to be and how anyone could use it how strong it can be. I mean, we really see how strong the Force can be, what it can do, the different types of things it can do in this movie. And I, I'm glad for it. I'm getting tired of the regular stuff. Uh, I love Luke Skywalker's arc and his, how he fell into hero worship. It's all about how he failed himself, failed Leia, failed Han, and failed the, he thought he failed the world because he couldn't create another Jedi Order. That was one of my favorite things about Luke's arc. And I love that he died. I think it was fitting for his character. He finally completed his hero's journey. In the hero's journey, he goes home. That is what the hero does. And he went home, back to the Force where he came from. I feel like this movie respects the Force, and I feel like it respects the Rebels. It doesn't fetishize it like the Force Awakens does, and I think it's truly serious in how it represents those two entities. I'm kind of glad it got rid of... It got rid of the mystery box ideals that J.J. Abrams had. I'm glad that Snoke is dead. It is my favorite thing about this movie that Snoke is dead. The throne room might be my favorite scene in any Star Wars movie. It is just, it's so crisp. It's so tonally right for me. I, I literally screamed in the theater when it happened. That's how great that scene was. I love the, uh, I love the, the joint force talking scenes with Rey and Kylo. They were some of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Them getting to talk to each other while not actually sharing a scene was very unique. It's very cool to see what the Force could do, how it can be used, and how Kylo and Rey are philosophically similar. But it, it's just that their way of using the Force and what they want to do with it is, is different. They both want to bring balance to the Force, just in different ways. And I think that was one of the best parts about this movie was their relationship and how they both failed. This movie was about failure. 
if you have seen the movie Requiem for a Dream, you would understand. It's the movie is about triumph and then failure, while this movie is about failure and triumph. Requiem for a Dream is a very scary movie of what happens when you become in, engrossed in drug and drugs. And it's it's a very it's a very scary movie. It's a very sad movie, but it's about failure because everyone ends up in a place where that's drastically drastically different than when they started. I would argue that this movie draws a lot of influence from Return of the Jedi and Empire, but I think it I think it does its own thing. We finally get to see an apprentice kill a master without being edged to do it from their son. You know, we don't get to see Darth Tyrannus kill Palpatine. We don't get to see Vader kill Palpatine when he's younger. This is what we wanted. To, this is what I wanted to see. And I think for the whole theme of this movie, that the Force belongs to everyone. It just doesn't belong to one race. I mean, one group of people. It doesn't just belong to the Skywalkers. It belongs to everyone that's been oppressed in this world, in this universe. It belongs to slaves. It belongs to people that have been downtrodden their entire lives. It belongs to you. It belongs to me. It belongs to everyone. And Ratatouille does a good job of showing that anyone can cook. It doesn't matter if you're not good at it. It doesn't matter if, you know, it's just anyone could cook, no matter what. And that was what I, it was pretty funny, Ratatouille. It was just Ratatouille. Who would have thought Ratatouille? (laughs) (laughs) If 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 I was to give this an honest grade, I'd have to give it a 9.5 out of 10. So there you have it. There's our grades for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Uh, Matt Nixon gave it a 6 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10. And John Kenoki, right in between, our, me and Chris Hawk's co-host on Cinema 7, gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Chris Hawk grading it, which is very rare, a 9.5 out of 10. And he compared it to Ratatouille, Return of the Jedi. Uh, what was the other one? Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. So there you have it. That's our take on Star Wars Return of the Jedi. The Last Jedi, my bad. You can follow us on (laughs) Instagram at Cinema7 underscore podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at Cinema7. If you type in Cinema in the number 7, I feel like we're one of the first things that pop up generally. Um, Because the way we spell 7 is the number 7, E-V-E-N. So look us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social medias. If you want to talk to us, let us know how you feel about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Because like we said, the, the critics generally love it. Or most, I'd say a majority of the critics love it. Because it's, I see some critics that don't like it. But it's like a very high population of critics that do like it. And... Like I said, like we said in the beginning, the fan base is so split. So let us know your opinions on social media. Contact uh, us on there and let us know what you think. Uh, be sure to subscribe, like I said earlier, to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud if you like to listen to thing- uh, podcasts or things on there. We're also on Cast Crunch or Castify as it's called now, Last.fm. And uh, be, 
I, I think we put our episodes on Patreon, too. Uh, Patreon has been under fire recently. They, re uh, re they returned it. But I think back they... To, uh, back they, to how it was. Yeah, they changed their policies back because of the, the backlash. And rightfully so, because now people like us, the creators, uh, get more of uh, your support. And we also lowered our tier prices on there so that uh, so it would better complement you, the supporter. So definitely support us on Patreon.com. That's Cinema7, Cinema, the number 7, E-V-E-N. Uh, I want to thank my uncle again, Matt Nixon, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I had fun. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I love you guys. Gotta have, gotta we love have you, you Uncle on. Matt. <laughs> You're the one that taped knives to Chris Hawk's goat ears, I believe. <laughs> or you drew, you drew the goat. You drew the goat. That's right. We need a visual of that. <laughs> I'll post it when we uh, share the episode, the link to the episode. I think I think John has the picture of that. <laughs> you still have that? That's funny. You can see some of uh, Matt's sketches, like I said before, and on uh, he's he's an artist, uh, very very good artist. He, you can see some of his sketches on Instagram at Gorilla with a Tie. You can see a bunch of his art on there. Uh, some of the pieces he's done. I'm sure he'll you know do anything for you for a commission price and all that jazz because he's amazing. He's awesome. Uh, so definitely look him up, Gorilla with a Tie. That's all one word. Are all together, and uh, uh, Cinema Seven has a sponsor. That is correct. It is Audible, Audible.com. And what you do is uh, by supporting the pod, the partnership of Cinema Seven and Audible, is you go to AudibleTrial.com/c7pod, AudibleTrial.com/c7pod, and you get a month free of Audible, so you can listen to audiobooks, audio dramas. And there's a lot of cool audio dramas out there. Like, I listen to We're Alive. It's like a zombie survival thing and, like, a radio-esque style dramatization. There's the Star Wars one. I really love that one. Um, it gives you some backstory on Leia and the Rebellion, and you get to hear Bail Organa uh, hide a an Imperial soldier in their game preserve. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, stuff like that. And then there's Alien, Out of the Shadows. I think that's based on a book, though, but they dramatized it, which is pretty neat. And Chris Hawk, you're a big reader. Is there any books that you could uh, recommend on Audible? I just uh, listened to 11-22-63, that, new, that uh, time travel thriller by Stephen King. It's very, very long, so be ready for a very long story. But it's I think it's one of Stephen King's best. It uh, features a very. It actually has a very heartwarming love story in the middle of it, so it's pretty good. So definitely go to audibletrial.com/c7pod uh, for your free month, and you also get, which I forgot to mention, is a free, tr a free. Uh, you get one free audiobook of your choice, I believe, and uh, that's pretty cool. Take advantage of that. And after the month, you can just cancel your description, your description if you wanted to. I didn't tell you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> but uh thanks again, Matt Nixon. We are Thank Cinema We are Cinema 7. That was our heated discussion on and very aggressive and very salty like the planet of Crate <laughs> of uh Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jet The Last Jedi. 
Uh, like I said, the fan base is torn, and you heard it here. There's uh, people who are fans who grew up with the originals who are disliking, or I wouldn't say dislike, but are torn, conflicted, and confused. And there's fans who grew up with the prequels who love it and who are conflicted as well. So definitely go out there and watch it if you haven't. Uh, I don't know why you haven't. It's a Star Wars movie. You should go see it to, to you know, develop your own opinion. But uh, definitely let us know on social media, like I said, uh, your opinion on Star Wars. And we can t talk on there and debate. And maybe we can get as salty as Crate on there, too. <laughs> uh, Chris Hawk, uh, take it away with the classic send-off. So, as always, from all of us at Cinema 7, we want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for watching with us, and we want to thank you for exploring with us. See you around, kid. Podcast.